Welcome to the Radiate Church Podcast. We are so excited that you've tuned in to check out what God is doing here in Radiate Church, located in Elgin, South Carolina. Take a moment and click that subscribe button. That way, every Monday morning, you'll receive new content right on your device. Life-changing messages, discussions, and conversations that will not only help you grow closer to Jesus, but will help equip and empower you to live the life God intends. In this episode, we begin a brand new series called Killing Roots, where we look past the symptoms and get right to the root of what may be causing you pain. How many of you guys are excited about what God's going to do in the house today? Anybody? Come on. He meets, he exceeds our level of expectation. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to see a victory in the house. Jesus, we give you all the praise. We see a victory. God, you're changing lives. You're going to do something great in here. And if you believe that, will you shout amen with me? Come on. Turn around. Tell somebody it's getting good. Here we go. It's getting good. Here we go. We're getting started. We're getting started. Come on. Now, you can go ahead and open your Bibles, turn on or in your Bibles to, uh, we're going to go to uh, the book of Genesis. We're going to back to the beginning, and uh, back to the beginning. Anyway, sorry. Uh, I'm going to lead worship one day. I'm going to blow y'all away. I'm going to get up here and lead a song. Y'all going to be like, I didn't know he had it in him. And uh, I'm going to say I didn't either, but no, I'm, I'm excited to be in week three of Killing Roots and, and what God's doing here. Uh, so we've talked about uh, what it means to be in Christ and we've talked about, uh, last week we talked about killing the root of religion. I've killed the root of a sling on the stage. Come on, somebody. I ain't, I ain't got it on today. I'll have it on later. Because <laughs> y'all ain't punching me in the arm. I'm going to tell you that. No, I'm still recovering and God's doing some good things. So I'm excited uh, to have a little bit of freedom. I start, hey, y'all pray for me. I start physical torture, I mean physical therapy this week. And uh, y'all, it, I may cry. I may cry publicly. And you know what I'm saying? Like, I need some sympathy, praise God. We're going to start, uh, we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about the root of insecurity, and here's what I believe. I believe that uh, many, I watch, I watch so often, insecurity rob people of purpose and promise in their life. And uh, you may be sitting there and you may be like, yeah, this is more of a female message, or this is more of somebody else. And I just want to tell you, uh, I see it come in so many forms, male, female, it doesn't matter, insecurity robs people of their purpose and promise from God all the time. It comes in so many different forms. In fact, I, I believe insecurity is the secret assassin uh, of our lives that many of us will just build a room for in our lives, and then we'll sit there and let him move into our lives. We'll let the secret assassin of insecurity just move into our lives while he slowly robs us of anything valuable. And here's what I mean by that. Like, Insecurity, we just learned that, well, that's just part of who I am, and so I just learned to deal with it. I'm just an insecure person. I'm not confident, right? And then there's some people that we can't, we feel like we can't be confident because if we're confident, we're arrogant. Can I tell you, there's a difference in arrogance and confidence. Confidence is, I know what I'm born for. Arrogance is, I'm better than you. Don't let the enemy tell you you can't be confident because you're arrogant. You can be confident in a lot of things without being arrogant. Arrogance is, isn't uh, that... Uh, arrogant, arrogance is that I think I'm better than you no matter where I'm at. Confidence is I know what I'm for. 
And you've got to understand the difference between the two. Insecurity, uh, if, we don't, if we don't kill the root of it in our lives in a spiritual nature, some of you are like, that's not spiritual. Absolutely it's spiritual. It all comes down to a spiritual nature. And the, the issue is, is if we don't take care of the root of it, it leads to depression. It leads to erratic behaviors. It leads to undisciplined living. It leads to paranoia. It leads to anxiety. It leads to overthinking. It leads to a lot more, but those are just a few things because we're so insecure. All we care about is what are they thinking about me or what, how do they perceive me or I'm not good enough. And we go through all of these things. It's, it's kind of like this. Have you ever seen the old cartoons, right? Some of y'all are like, you've never even seen an old cartoon. But have you ever seen the old cartoons? And, and maybe some of them weren't even that old. Really, Bugs Bunny had it on there all the time. But the cartoons where they had the, 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 the pole and it had a carrot hanging out on the end of the pole, right? And they put it in front of a horse or something, right? The cartoons. And, and, the, and the horse would chase the carrot. And so it made the horse go faster. It, this is all cartoon and fictional. But they, maybe they did it in real life. I don't know. But they would, the, the horse or the cartoon horse would go faster. And the person would get where they needed to go. But the horse had no idea where they were going because they were just chasing the carrot. But they never got the carrot. But they ended up at a destination they never meant to end up at because they were chasing something they could never get. That's insecurity. Most of us are chasing something that we'll never actually get because we've never actually been given the opportunity to have it. It's just the enemy is just putting a carrot on a stick right in front of us and we're running through life and we're like, I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it. But here's the problem with insecurity. You never get there. There is never here. And so when you get there, you're standing in what you are chasing, but that's not good enough anymore because somebody else on social media has got it better than you and now you've got to chase that. Or somebody else around you at work's got it better than you, so you got to chase that. Or, I don't like this. You see what I'm saying? Like, insecurity is the carrot in front of us that we're chasing, and we get to a destination, but we never even got to enjoy our placement right now. Many of us can't enjoy the season we're in because we're chasing something that God never called us to. Because we're not even chasing a call from God. We're really just chasing somebody else's life. Like, man, I, I really wish I could have that boat. Well, they did too, and they worked their butt off for 25 years to get it, and now that they got it, they wish they didn't have it because it's a bill that they can't afford, and you're chasing a life that they wish they didn't have. Let's go. We, we buy cars and go in debt to make ourselves feel better so we can sit at a stoplight and impress somebody we don't even know. Come on. We're going to get real today. Y'all like, all right, I see where this is going. <laughs> Insecurity takes on so many forms. It, it takes on the form of, of being so overwhelming because you never feel like you're good enough. It takes on the form of, of I have to overwork because if I don't overwork, then I'm never worth anything. I can't take a day off. I got to work seven days a week, 20 hours a day, because if I don't, then I'm not good enough. I'm not being the man my wife deserves. I'm not being the man my kids deserve. And the truth of the matter is your worth isn't defined by your work. Your worth is defined by his work on the cross. And so insecurity is this feeling of over, overwhelming and, and insecurity. And, and, and then it's, it, it's arrogance. I have to tell everybody I come into contact with how good I am because you may not know. And I need to make sure you know before you walk out of my presence. Because sadly, when I get home at night and it's just me and my thoughts, then I know that I'm not who I say that I am. But I got to make you believe it so that maybe one day I'll wake up and believe it. 
Arrogance is a form of insecurity. Are, are we getting to something today? And so we got to kill this root because no matter what form insecurity shows up in, insecurity will permeate a room, it'll infect a relationship, it'll poison somebody's drive and passion and desire in life. And, and here's the biggest thing that insecurity does. Insecurity devalues the sacrifice of Jesus. If we don't know how much we're worth, we're devaluing the sacrifice of Jesus uh, on the cross. And insecurity, I want to give you the shareable today if you want to take a picture or post it or whatever. Insecurity is believing that Jesus' sacrifice wasn't worth much. I know some of you are like, well, I've dealt with it for so long, I don't know how to get through it. We're going to get to that stage, but you've got to know what it is first. And some of you are like, dude, I don't even know if I'm all about this God and Jesus thing. And the truth of the matter is, I, it's not that we have to figure it all out. It's that I know that there's a higher power that gave me life and started things and gave me an opportunity. And then I have a lot of questions and I'm going to ask God one day, but I look at him and I go, you know what? I trust that you're there. You're a higher power. You're a greater moral authority and you're a creator and I love you for that. And I give you everything. And because I know that you gave me life, I will live my life like you gave me life. And so we're in this thing where insecurity, if we don't take care of it, it devalues the cross of Jesus. It, it's believing that Jesus' sacrifice wasn't enough to give me worth. Can I tell you something? Hear me today. And, and I just I feel like in this generation, this is something we need to hear enough. You're, you, are, you are enough no matter what your job is. You don't have to work 70 hours a week and miss everything that your kids do in order to be worth something. Your kids would rather you be present and love them than they would for you to be able to buy them whatever they want. Because there's going to come a time that they want the presence of their father, not the money that he can provide. You with me today? And so there's actually a story at the beginning of the Bible in Genesis chapter 3 where we see insecurity take place and it gives us uh, an indication of how it is actually still affecting us today. And I think we need to look at it and we really need to uh, come to a place where we're breaking this thing down and understand what takes place in the story. And I, I want to start uh, just in verses 1 through 3 of Genesis chapter 3 real quick today. It, it's the very beginning. It's the fall of man. And I know you're like, I already know where you're going. No, you don't. Just stick with me for a minute, okay? We're just, I promise we're going to go somewhere uh, and you don't have it figured out, so don't check out. Take your notes and listen. Genesis chapter 3 verses 1 through 3 says this, Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the servant, uh, serpent, from the, tree, uh, from the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said you shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. Let me just say this. The enemy uh, will take something God says and he'll twist it to a place to where it's not even entirely true what he said and you'll get to believing that God said something he didn't say and that's wherever a lot of frustration comes in when it comes to our spiritual lives. Because what she's saying, what he's saying God said isn't exactly what God said. He's twisting it, right? And so we're in this thing and, and here's the first part I want you to know about insecurity. Insecurity gets us focused on something that we shouldn't be focused on to begin with. The serpent looks at her and he goes, hey, you got an entire garden that you can eat from, you can hang out in, you can do whatever in, right? They, this is your playground right here. This is your place, right? And, and the serpent comes along and he looks at her and he says this. He says, hey, there's one tree, one tree in an entire garden, one stinking tree in the entire garden. 
And you can't, like, God said he doesn't really want you to touch that tree, or he doesn't really want you to eat from that tree. He doesn't want you to really have the fruit from that tree, right? And the servant comes along and goes, I want you to focus on the one thing you can't have instead of everything that you can have. Can I tell you, that? that's the root of insecurity right there. In a spiritual sense, it's where the enemy will come in and start whispering, like, you can't have that. Your paycheck won't let you afford that. You know, one day I told somebody yesterday, I met somebody, they work at Berkeley Outdoors downtown. And I looked at them and I said, I said, my goal is one day I'm going to show up to your store and I'm going to buy whatever boat I want to buy. And I'm going to go to the lake and I'm going to fish and I'm going to ski and I'm going to have fun. And she looked at me, she said, they got great salesmen. I said, I know, that's why I haven't been yet. <laughs> True story. Because I walk away with something I shouldn't be walking away with. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and the enemy will, get, get, will come in and insecurity comes in that you can't afford that boat. You can't have that truck. They're doing this, and they get to stay home with their kid and work from home, and you got to go to work every day. And insecurity sneaks in, and it's, let me get you to focus on the one thing that is not the season for you to enjoy instead of focusing on the million things that is the season for you to enjoy. They're walking around a garden, and the enemy wants to go, hey, see that one tree? Yes, yeah, in the middle of the garden. Yeah, you see it every morning. But you ain't paid a lick of attention to it until the serpent comes up and he's like, hey, you remember that tree? That's many of us every single day. We wake up and we don't pay a lick of attention until somebody brings it to our attention. Like, I just don't know if you're worth anything. And then all of a sudden the, 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 the voices from our past come up and you'll never be successful. You'll never. Can I tell you, I'm talking from experience. I had pastor, a, a, a pastor look at me one time and said, you'll never be successful. You'll never be anything in ministry. And I looked at him and I just said, I'm sorry you feel that way. But for years, I carried those words. And it came to a point where the enemy, just, I mean, God just showed me this. And he was like, are you going to pay attention to what somebody told you you can't have? Or are you going to pay attention to everything I'm telling you you will have? You will either focus on the promise or you will focus on what you can't have. It's all on you, bud. And, the, and so the serpent comes along and see, here's the thing. Insecurity makes us live our lives in a, in a place of sensitivity. Right? And so we begin comparing our lives against everybody else's. One of the greatest leadership lessons I ever learned, and it's a struggle for everybody, it's this. It's just a little quote that says, compare and compete and you'll live in defeat. Because somebody, let me just go ahead and set you free of something. Somebody's already doing it better than you can ever do it. But somebody's already doing it worse than you can ever do it too. Like just be thankful for your season. So we live in this place of sensitivity where we compare, we wish we could attain, we, we look at our lives and we, we post these filtered pictures all over social media so everybody thinks we got it together when if they came in our house, there's, a, there's laundry everywhere, it's a mess, my kid punched me in the face today. I got a one-year-old, that happens like every other day. He don't know. I'm like, do it again, see what happens. Russian sickle. That's Nikita Koloff back in the day in case y'all didn't know, WWF. Before we went E. So, <laughs> so like, you, we'll post these things, right? And, and we want everybody to know, my life is put together, I got it. But dude, we, let's just be honest. Like, there's points where we don't. And if we get caught up on what we're trying to attain, but not what we have, then we'll live in a place of sensitivity and insecurity. And let me tell you something, enemy, the devil, Satan, is not in the business of hitting where you're the strongest. He's, hitting, he's in the business of hitting you where you're the most sensitive. Listen, I, got a, I just had surgery five and a half weeks ago. I can tell you on the left side of my body, if you touch me anywhere from my neck to my waist, I'm going to hurt. 
So if you want to hurt me, there's a weakness that you can hit that's going to work. The enemy ain't looking at you going, oh, there's a weakness. I'll stay away from that. I'll hit you on this side. No, he's going, I'm exploiting that. I'm taking advantage of that. You're weak over there. Let me just open up that wound a little bit more. Let me remind you of what you were told when you were 10 years old. Let me remind you of what that person said to you at your previous job. Let me remind, let me remind, and the enemy's just going to hit you where you're sensitive. So what's the, what do we do? We have to understand that we have to enjoy where we are, not where we're trying to get. Here, hear me today. You are here at this time in this place with these people on purpose. God didn't just look and go, hey, Michael, I'm going to create you right now. And like maybe by chance it'll be in a good spot in time. No, we look and we go, oh, the world is a wreck. Politically, all over the place, right? I don't know why I'm doing voices today. I'm just in, like, I'm just in a good mood, I guess. I don't know. So we're like, the world, I'm having fun, man. Come on. Oh, man. We're like, the world is a mess. But it's easier for me to blame the mess on somebody else than it is to go, I'm at this place in this time with these people to make a difference. You weren't put here in this climate of the world to just sit back and go, I don't like them. We're put in this world to make an impact where we go and make a difference with what we do and to do something about the frustration that we feel and the tension that we feel. Tension is good. Don't run from the tension. Just go, oh, okay, there's tension in my life. That means where I am ain't where I'm going. So I need to lean into the tension and figure out how to get to where I'm going somewhere in life. Come on. That's good. I'm going to watch this this week and amen myself. <laughs> dumb. Just dumb. And I want you to... <laughs> I would. And so what I want you to do is... I want you to walk out in here today and be, be confident, but not be complacent. Be confident with where you are, but don't be okay with it. This is your season and always be pushing forward, but don't try, try to push. My wife says this all the time. She said it to me on Tuesday of this week. And I looked at her and I said, I, I just need you to stop. I'm serious. I looked her dead in the eye. I said, just stop. Here's what she, she repeats this verse to me all the time. Live only up to what you have attained. I'm like, we've been married 11 years and you still don't know me well enough to know I don't want to hear that right now. Because I'm always talking about like, I want to go here and I want to do this and I want this to happen and this is going to happen. And we get in there, Radiate Church is going to do this and da-da-da. She'll just stop and go, live only up to what you have attained. I'm like, I'm living in what I attained. I'm ready to get to what I've been promised. But hear me, she's right. Because if I'm only looking to where I want to go, then I'll never enjoy the season that I have attained. That God's blessed me with. You see what I'm saying? And insecurity will creep in because I'm not there, I'm here. But as long as I'm not there, I still got a ways to go. And that's comforting for me. And then if you go down uh, the next verse in, in, in verse 4, so they have this conversation, right? And then the serpent says to the woman, you, you surely will not die. Let's, let's keep going, right? You surely will not die. And he says, for God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil, right? And there's a lot of uh, uh, theology we could get into with that, but I'm not going to do that today due to time. But here's the deal, like we're in this thing and, and Satan looks at her and goes, hey, he's not, you know, you're, you're good. You're not going to die. He ain't going to kill you. You're good. Just eat the fruit. 
In other words, just be disobedient to the one that gave you life to begin with. Because after all, you want what you can't have. So just go, you are, you're entitled to it. That could go to the root of entitlement right there. You're entitled to it. You're good enough. You're okay. You can go do whatever you want to do. There doesn't need to be rules, regulations, or boundaries because discipline doesn't bring freedom. You do whatever you want to do. Freedom is doing whatever you want to do. No, it's not. If you want to look in your life, life is bound by walls and regulations in our life. We have no assurance other than what we know that we need to do in this life anyway. That's why, that's why governmental authorities and disciplines and rules and all that stuff, are, are, I don't care if it's organizationally or what it is, that's why that stuff's important. It's not because we need to be told what to do. It's because discipline is freedom. I need to know within what I'm working. But anyway, I digress. And so we go into this thing, and, and he looks at me and says, you ain't going to die. And here's the thing that he wants her to understand is the opposite of what I'm about to say. He wants her to say, think that your worth is found in what you're about to do. Who you become is found in the fruit you're about to eat. I just want you to know that the gospel teaches us that my worth isn't found in what I'm trying to do. It's found in what Jesus has done. Hear me. Hear me. Your worth is not found in the job you hold, in the paycheck you deposit. Your worth is not found in all that stuff. Like, that stuff is good. I'm not saying, like, don't go home and quit your jobs. <laughs> right? Well, pastor told me to quit. No, 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 no. I'm telling you, don't be so dependent on it that that's where your worth is at. Your worth is not found in what you do. Your worth is found in what Jesus did on the cross to give you life and to give you value. And I can be confident in that. And then it's interesting that he looks and he says, for in the day, for God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be open. You'll be like God. You know what's interesting? Flip back one page. One page to Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. And I want you to hear what God said. Before the, Satan ever, before the serpent and Satan ever showed up. In fact, before Eve ever showed up. Listen to what he says. He says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27. So he says, this is what we're going to do. And then verse 27. God created man, what? In his own image. In the image of God, he created him. And then it says this, just to make sure there's no convoluted truth in this whole thing. Then he created them male and female. He created them. Isn't it interesting that the enemy promises them something that God's already delivered? Hey, if you do this, if you eat this fruit, if you do this, you'll be like God. See, here's the interesting part. She was so focused on what she couldn't have that she lost focus of who she already was. She was already like God. And so now that the enemy was hitting her in her sensitive place to where she was already insecure to begin with, he would look at her and go, you know what? He's just scared you're going to be like him. Where if she would have just took a step back and said, I'm confident in my creator. I'm confident in my God. I'm confident in who he created me to be. And he's already said that I'm like him. I don't have to eat a fruit and do something to be like him. I just am like him. Hear me today. Here's the problem. Many of us will focus so much on what we can't have that we forget who we are. He said, hey, and here's the thing. The enemy can't create a thing. He's not a creator. 
All he can do is dilute what God has already done. He took something God delivered, put it in his place, twisted the words, and now looked at her and said, if you'll eat it, you'll be like God. And now he looks like a genius if it happens because he did it. And God's up there going, you're dumb. You've lost. The war is over. It's finished. She's already been made like God, not because of you, but because of my goodness. Hear me. I want you, to, I want you to, 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 to write this down. I am determines who I am. What, do you, what does that even mean? God repeatedly in the Old Testament especially refers to himself as the great I am. What does that even mean? I am your boldness. I am your strength. I am your security. I am your confidence. I am your answered prayer. I am your love. I am your forgiveness. I am your grace. I am your goodness. Whatever you need me to be, I am. I am determines who I am because insecurity makes us forget who we are. So we focus and live our lives chasing what we aren't. The carrot and the horse. And by the end of a journey, we end up in a place we never thought we would be. And then we want to go, but I was chasing this thing. And God goes, yeah, you were chasing a thing. You weren't chasing the I am. In fact, whenever Moses is going to release the Egypt, uh, Egyptians and do his part and, 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 and start the process of what God called him to do, he looks at him and he says this, hear me. He says, tell them. I am sent you. In other words, tell them it's already done. I am your victory. I am going to see a victory. I, I, I am going to walk through the. I am determines who I am. And the only way that we can beat insecurity is to be so secure in who I am that our lives scream of the great I am. Yeah, it's okay to clap for that. Some of you are like, do I? I don't. Yes. And here's why. I am nothing without the value of the cross. I can be a good person. I can make a lot of money. I can be worth a good net worth. I could be a person that fully funds Radiate Church's building one day by themselves. And if that's you, come see me after church. Where? <laughs> Just kidding. Not really. <laughs> I am, I could be all these things, but it's the I am that determines what I do with what I am. In other words, my value is given from God, not from, listen, you may be in the room and you may be looking for a spouse because you need validation that you're good enough. They will never complete you. You don't need a job, a paycheck, or a person to do that. There's a God that looks you in the eye. And Ephesians tells me this. Before he created the world, he looked each and every one of us in the eye. And he said, I'm creating you for a purpose, on purpose. And I love you enough to put purpose in your bones. And when you're created, and when there's breath breathed into your lungs, and the pneuma, the Spirit of God, breathes into your life, when it brings you back to life, I want you to know something. I love you, not because of what you're going to do. I love you because of who you already are. 
Hebrews 4.16 says it like this. Let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive the mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Working longer, arguing more, developing more strategy will never get you out of a problem when God already has the solution. You follow me today? The best thing we can do this week, a couple of action steps, find scriptures this week that tell you who you are in Christ. Like if you're a believer and you're like, man, I just struggle with insecurity and knowing who I am, find scriptures, write them down. Put them in your car, put them in your bathroom, put them in your bedroom, put them on your office, whatever you need to do, but put them places and then start repeating those to yourself every day. And I promise you every day you'll walk up a little, wake up a little bit stronger going, no, 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 no. The enemy may be telling me that I'm not enough because I can't have that. But God's already told me I am enough and I can live up to what I've already attained and I can walk out the confidence of the Father and I can be who I am in Christ. You with me today? And I, I, I know this, there's, there's some folks today, we don't do this all, all the time because I just I don't think you have to do this all the time, but today there's this moment to where I just believe some of you almost need a shot of medication today because God's about to do some surgery. Like before I went in for surgery, they did a nerve block. I had to go in one room to get the nerve block done and then they wheeled me to where they were doing the surgery. Why? Because one place was more equipped to get me ready for what was about to happen. Some of you need to come to the altar today and get some release from your life to where God's about to do surgery and uproot some insecurity you've walked in for your entire life and rid yourself of voices and rid yourself of a lack of value and rid yourself of those things so that when he starts the surgery, it won't be as bad, but he's still going to do it. Does that make sense? It's the best way I know how to do it. So here's what I want to do. If every eye would close and every head would be bowed, no matter where you are in your relationship with Jesus today, if you're a prayer partner on the prayer team and you've been talked to, if y'all would just come on up to the front, like we're not going to prolong this. We're just going to let this be natural and raw. But here's what I want. Like, let's just spread out all over the front of the stage. Here's what I want, guys. If you're in the room and you're like, that's me, I just got to have something. Like I've got, I've been carrying this thing for far too long for far too long and today is the day i gotta uproot it and it starts at the altar and hear me i want you to know something about radiate church when you come to the altar at radiate church you're not coming for weakness man you're coming to pick up some weights and start working out it's a place of strength it's a place where things start and things happen and so here's what i want to do if you're in the room we're going to play some music Mark's going to play. We're going to have a good time. But I just want to ask you this. If you're in the room and you're like, that's me, I deal with that. Would you do me a favor? Would you do yourself a favor? Would you do the generation coming after you a favor? And would you come down to the front today and let one of our prayer partners just pray over you and begin to watch the root of insecurity get uprooted out of your life? Come on, let's come on down to the front right now. Nobody's watching. Nobody's judging. This is you and God. Come on. People all over the room are standing up. I don't care if you're a leader. I don't care who you are. But if you need to find a place or a person, come on down right now. Come on.